Well, 10 past 4 in conversation next with uh, Dr. Dion, Dion George, who is uh, the Shadow Minister of Finance for the Democratic Alliance, with revenue less than projected, soaring debt interest costs, and also underperforming economy. Finance Minister Inoko Dongwan has once again reiterated the fact that government spending has exceeded revenue since the 2008 global financial crisis, warning that the rising annual budget deficit have reached an extent where government will borrow an average of 553 billion rand per year, so that's half a trillion over the medium term. Kotongwana also acknowledged that the rising debt services costs are crowding out important social spending and the country's economy has not grown fast enough to support increasing in expenditure. Dr. Dion George now joining us on the line. Dr. George, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Some of your highlights of the budget speech and also where you believe that the minister may have just missed the mark. Well, I think generally the budget was very disappointing, especially for battling South African households who are struggling to put enough food on their table. The minister could very easily have cut tax and levies on fuel, which would have reduced the petrol price and reduced the transport price and therefore reduced food prices. Also, he could have expanded the zero evaporated basket of food. There's more than enough space in the budget to do that, but he chose not to. He did extend the social relief of distress grant for another year, although there is no plan and there's no finance for it. But we do support that because it is important to support vulnerable households. And then when you look at growth, the minister did mention public-private partnerships and um, for, for, for developing infrastructure. Now, that's been a long-standing DEA policy, so of course we support that. But there were no other plans to accelerate economic growth to generate the jobs that we need in our economy. Also, if you look at the rolling blackouts, the minister says there's a plan, and this plan has been going on for very long, but there's no action and the lights are still off. So there is no progress on that, which is very disappointing. And then if you look at debt, you mentioned it earlier. For example, our debt keeps increasing. Our revenue is undercollected because we don't have enough growth, which means the government needs to cut back on expenditure. And it's going to cut in the wrong places. It's going to cut on service delivery. Instead of cutting the bailouts to state-owned enterprises and cutting the bloated public sector wage bill, especially with the millionaire managers who are deployed and are not actually adding any value. So he's not going to cut in the right places. And then very importantly, um, he has not put any money, additional money on the judiciary. Now we are grey listed and he says that we're going to be getting off the grey list by 2025. That's far too long. Yeah, I was about to say, why is it taking so Mm. long? Considering that we already knew what the problems were, even before we were being threatened that we were going to be blacklisted because it hasn't been a top priority for government. So what was required is we needed to look at the financial regulations, which were done, but then there were a number of judicial regulations that needed to be changed. Plus, we needed to show actions. In other words, people who are committing financial crimes need to actually get prosecuted. But of course, our judicial system is battling because there's not enough money in it. So government isn't giving it enough money, so it can't perform effectively. That's why it's taking so long. If we gave more money to the National Prosecuting Authority, they'd be able to catch the financial criminals that are committing corruption and causing us to be grey-listed, and then we would get off the list much quicker. So it's not a top priority for government, but it certainly is a top priority for the DEA. So if you look generally at this budget, it's very disappointing for the average South African backing. He never actually mentioned the cost of living once. Mm-hmm. That he mentioned plans a lot, but no, uh, there's no, uh, there's no will of government. 
to alleviate the plight of battling South Africans. And that's the major problem in this budget. Clearly, clearly an ANC government budget that doesn't care about the people. Dr. Dion George, thank you so much for your time. The DA Shadow Minister of Finance. We now speak to UDM Deputy President Ngaboyomzi Kwangwa. Ngaboyomzi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What are your takeaways from um, the Minister's budget speech? budget policy statement rather and also um, what would you say were some of the low hanging fruits that um, the minister could have actually been plugged at Um, Dion George has now mentioned certain things like for instance the fuel levy Uh, do you think that that could have helped at all no I think the the challenge that we thank you Aldrin and good afternoon to you and the SAFM listeners thanks for the opportunity well for us it's as if the minister called and the government called us to come to parliament in order for them to tell us and to confirm that the country is broke. And the reason why the country is broke is because of their mismanagement of the South African economy. Apart from just talking about infrastructure-led growth, which they have not been able to implement over the years, I, I'm not sure if I was listening to the same budget speech, but I did not hear any concrete strategy or turnaround plan as to how this government is going to try and reignite growth. You will recall, Aldrin, that in the past they have set growth targets which they have not been able to meet uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I am sure even when they focus that the growth will be, uh, say, about 0.8%, I'm sure will be at about three, 0.3% or even less primarily because we're not putting fundamentals in place properly. Let me give an example, Aldrin. In 2006, for example, if you remember correctly, we had a very well-written economic plan called ASKISA, and one of the things it sought to address was binding constraints on the South African economy. It picked up the national logistics system as a, as a, as a constraint, constraining factor to the growth in South Africa. Guess what? Uh, they were trying to make sure that uh, goods are able to reach ports, the railway system is right, and the sport efficiency and all of these issues, among many issues it sought to achieve. 20 years later, the entire national logistics system has collapsed. And the minister, when he mentioned it, he mentioned it as if it's something new and they're saying they're going to address it when they're responsible for the mess in which these ports, including the railway system, finds itself. The other issue is how do you explain a country that would have to survive Audrey by borrowing 553 billion rents a year in order to survive, in order for it, one, to be able to meet its expenditure requirements, two, in order for us, for it to be able to deal with the ESCOM issue. It means that our debt is actually going to increase by 1.5 trillion rents over the next three years or so, which will then take us to 6 trillion rents. But the problem is, it would be better if there was value for money, if one was able to say, what has been the social impact of the spending that has been undertaken in the last 15 years or so, which mm. has been staggering. What is the social impact of that? You can't see it. You can't see it. Instead, unemployment has grown, yeah. inequality has grown. And the, then the social wage keeps on increasing as well. So I, I saw now the minister was saying that we spend at least 61% um, of, of the budget on um, social relief as well as social uh, policies. That's, that's primarily because what instead of being able to to create jobs so that people can be able to sustain themselves. What has happened now is because we've become this very big car government that is not able to provide job opportunities for our people, not able to put... I asked a a simple question, Aldrin. I said, if you were saying you are serious about small businesses on a separate discussion altogether, 
How do you then allocate 90 million rands over medium term, a three-year period, which is 30 million rands per annum to small businesses? And that means you are going to only be able to su support a thousand businesses in South Africa, small businesses, per annum. How are you going to reignite growth when you're not putting your money where your mouth is, where you should be supporting small businesses and making sure that they thrive and making sure that they're able to employ our people? So it, it needs a comprehensive overhaul yeah. the strategy of government. Otherwise, if we continue on this path, very soon we're going to hit a fiscal cliff. We can't keep on depending on a few industries. If there's a windfall in the mining sector, then we do well. If the mining sector struggles, as has been the case here, because other sectors aren't doing particularly well because because of load shedding, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of the trade issue, binding constraints issues, and we think that miraculously then we'll be able to yeah. grow the economy and have the resources we require. It's unpardonable, uh, Aldrin. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Ngaboe Mzikwangwa there, who is uh, the Deputy President of the UDM. Let's quickly hear from Nkosim Zamobutelezi, who is a Member of Parliament of the IFP. Nkosim Zamo, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, from the IFP side, some of your takeaways from what the Minister had to say. Yeah, thank you very much, Arthur, for having us as the IFP. I think as the IFP, ours is very simple. We have no reason to celebrate what the Minister said. The minister was very clear to say the future of this country is not looking good. Our economic outlook is very weak. We can't even focus and mark in terms of growth. There's a serious problem. Also, the issue of the government debt, which is like increasing. Now we're heading to 5.2 trillion. And in the next two years, we'll be like at 6 trillion. Mm. It's a serious issue if you look at that against our revenue collection which is shrinking, as the minister said. We also, on the other side, we've got the public wage bill, which is increasing. Honestly speaking, our country is tearing from all seams, and there is no hope that tomorrow things can be turned around. That's what you can say as the IFP. Also, on the other side, the minister actually needs an opportunity to tell us or outline clearly as to what are his intentions in terms of addressing the issue of unemployment. Instead, we only actually managed to announced that the presidential employment initiatives will be extended. And in terms of the actual job now of creating job opportunities, he never said anything. And as a country, we, we cannot re rely on grants because the IFP has maintained the view that South Africans are not lazy. They are willing to contribute actively in our economy. You've got young graduates sitting at home. They can't find jobs because the atmosphere is not good, not attractive to small, medium business, local and like uh, foreign direct investment. Yeah. What about municipalities and also what the minister has said now, and considering, of course, that the IFP is governing a number of municipalities, particularly in KZN, is the municipalities that owe ESCOM and those that have applied for debt relief from ESCOM. But then he also says that one of the conditions is that those municipalities was moved to prepaid. Uh, what's the IFP's take on this? We, we, we support that because when these municipalities are on prepaid, they are most likely to have this continuous increase in terms of what debt to ESCOM. But what also is very important, which the minister avoided to say, is that the majority of those municipalities, the citizens there are indigent people. They are not working. They can't afford to pay. Most of them actually are receiving this free electricity per month, which is part of the indigent, what we call provisions. 
So all in all is that even those mechanisms that can be put in place, they will never assist us to get anywhere close. The only thing that the minister could have said, or the minister that must do in fact the government, is to pay special attention to local economic growth. Whereas the IFP, we have proposed that a conditional grant is introduced, which will be called local economic development grant, because most of these municipalities have like local government offices, but they don't have funding. If government can put a substantial amount of money to this municipality, where local people can be actually assisted to get finance and be able to help themselves and sustain themselves, that will lessen the burden on mm. the state where people don't depend on government. As we say, that people are willing to work, they're willing to contribute. Thank you so much for your time. Nkosim Zamo Butelezi is there. the member of IFP and also member of parliament on the reaction to the policy statement that was delivered earlier on by the Minister of Finance. We'd love to hear from you as well. On 614 you can drop me an X at Aldrin Simpia and our studio line is 86 000